0: Hello, Burlington, and welcome to Net Zero Energy. I'm Jennifer Green, Director of Sustainability for the City of Burlington, where our goal is to reduce and eventually eliminate fossil fuel usage. Today, we're talking with Steve Conant, owner of the soda plant, the iconic building on Pine Street that houses, as we've learned, 40 different tenants, 40 businesses. It's great to have Steve with us, not only to hear about the history of the building and Steve's plans for the future, but his work as a 2030 district member and beyond. Thanks for joining
1: us. Uh, My pleasure, Jen.
0: So I wonder before we start talking about your plans and where you've been, where you want to go, can you tell us about the history of the, the soda plant?
1: Sure. Yeah. It's actually a you know it's called the soda plant but it's actually seven buildings combined. So, representing, you know, the growth of uh, a particular business sector, the drink sector, the ju- the uh, beverage sector starting in the 20s. And so a couple of big uh, block buildings get built up in the 20s, like and uh, and and then the business expands. And those buildings were quite a distance from one another, and five more building additions conjoined those two historic buildings. And so there are block buildings. There are uh, there's wood frame structure comp- components. There are uh, butler buildings like, like you know I beams and steel. There's concrete slab. There's a buildings with foundations and cellars. There's So it's an uh, interesting, complex architectural assemblage of structures.
0: Wow. So that makes your work towards net zero, especially challenging and exciting
1: yeah, and exciting I love a, I, I love a complicated project <laughs> and it's a complicated right project yeah. yeah
0: so but it did it did start literally as a soda
1: plant so literally as a soda plant uh, literally as a oh let's put carbonated beverages in bottles and send them out into the world and so um, and so substantial distribution so those you know a couple of those buildings were simply built to house trucks back trucks into and now they're looking like finished you know incubator spaces for small businesses so quite a transition of structural you know of use of different structures for very different purposes as markets evolved in the South End
0: And now you've got a slew of tenants
1: So yeah over 40, separate spaces with a full array of um, descriptions. None of them truly warehouse, so most of them, all of them occupied by human beings, where once they might have been occupied by pallets and trucks um and so and then over the years obviously the evolution of those spaces and the uses of those spaces called for different uh heating and ventilating requirements and lighting requirements and uh so yeah very interesting Progression of, uh, of of uses. Well, and <clears throat> we
0: can't name everybody, but I'm thinking you've got Brio Coffee, so they're doing coffee that's roasting. Right. You've got that's Tom Girl Juice, of course. You've got Kath Monstream, who's creating art in the back. What else <laughs> yeah, do you have going on oh in there, oh, Steve? Yeah.
1: So we have forty tenants. It's uh, so the biggest ones. Obviously, the biggest one was uh, grew to be uh, resource. Uh, usually used used to be taking up to twelve thousand square feet, and so. The smaller ones, then Conant Mellon Light, uh, over many years, uh, 35 years or so, um, was the second biggest, and now is the biggest tenant, and then the, you know, the new, the renovation of the resource space. Uh, Changed one tenant to 12. And so you named a few of them. Allison the magician is a, another one, democracy creative. Yes, um, quite. It's, we, so we're, we're making pickles, we're changing politics, we're, we're uh, creating art and design, architects, and it's such a fun mashup. of uh, enthusiasm and energy.
0: Yeah, awesome, Steve. I mean, well, as a Burlingtonian, I always feel proud of the soda plant, of course, just because I know there's so much happening there in terms of local economy and just innovative, creative things happening.
1: It's just been so fun, so fun.
0: So now we'll transition to sort of energy. And so you talked about this configuration of buildings, building types, building materials, different tenants. And you've decided, despite all that, you want to begin to transition away from fossil fuels. So
1: that's tell correct. Us, tell us. Uh, so I've owned the building uh, for 23 years, but truly the focus on ooh, our energy use um, didn't start until 2018, really, when we did the renovation of the resource space. And uh, I think it was probably the architects at the time uh, enlightened me as to the prospect that we could be joining the 2030 project. So cool. Um, and then, obviously, carbon capture or carbon reduction or carbon, carbon, carbon uh, was also a big deal. Uh, 2030 presented opportunities For reducing our energy use, which for me means basically the envelope of the place, um, and very uh, and a lot of um, uh, behavioral changes for individual tenants, because many individual, most individual tenants are paying for their energy use, use, and so rather than being a landlord responsibility, that would be the a tenant biggest tenant opportunity. How? ever, also recognizing the carbon reductions, like we were uh, a building filled with gas, you know, furnaces. And it became very clear that um, that's a a big issue. It's not just energy use, but what kind of energy are you using? And so since 2018, we renovated all those spaces. They all got uh, heat pumps. So we were able to eliminate a l- awful lot of uh, natural gas use, which is great.
0: And it sounds but, like, sorry to interrupt you, but it mm, sounds please. like you started with weatherization.
1: So because we were renovating a great big space and it had an envelope, there was a focus on, oh, wait, we're replacing all these windows. Oh, insulation in these walls where there hadn't been great opportunities there. Um, I think that as I look at the 2030 program. There are things we haven't even touched. Transportation is something, you know, we've got 60 cars in a parking lot every day. Wouldn't it be something if there were half as many, if those spaces weren't filled? We haven't touched that. Um, Energy reduction, we actually haven't really touched that. We've certainly, well, perhaps in our envelope, Uh, It's made a difference, um, but it's more energy. What energy we're utilizing, Um, and there's still a long way to go with that. Yeah, we have 60 or we have more than 60 pieces of machinery that use energy, between energy recovery, water heating, uh, heating and air conditioning, um, just a tremendous number of pieces of hardware. Uh, We've changed out uh, almost 30 of them to be. Electric. Uh, the challenge for me, well, the irony for me is a lot of those are now used all summer long for air conditioning. So as I look at the challenge of reducing our energy usage to fifty percent of what it uh, was by twenty thirty, uh, that is a tricky thing. If we're looking at total energy, it feels great to be using electric energy. Um, but reducing that as i look at our you know energy usage our ener- our electric energy is actually going up
0: so you had no air conditioning before or did you
1: so for decades there was no air conditioning in any of those spaces for any of those tenants right and we all just suffered happily not knowing any difference i think times have changed creature comfort expectations have ramped up substantially in the last decade even And so, yeah, that's uh, an interesting consideration for me. And it was an aha moment. I was just, it suddenly occurred to me probably after we had a bunch of heat pumps in that, wait. Wait, no, there's, these meters are spinning all summer long.
0: <laughs> like you say, I mean, the electric, you're, you're using more. You're using more We're of the using right stuff.
1: More of the right stuff, but it's more. Right. I do pay for a lot of the electricity, so I'm certainly incentivized to reduce the amount we use. Uh, and I've read even in BED's uh, literature, expect your utility costs to go up as you do the right thing
0: right of course you're <laughs> you're transitioning away from natural gas so that you're going to save there little cha- it's challenging right. of course when the price of natural gas is so low however you know, we are. It's important for our customers to understand that we are seeing a volatility in natural gas prices, and, and, and with electricity all
1: electricity is stable. What's that? And electricity's been stable. Well, electricity is right?
0: stable, and the cost of heat pumps have have gone down. And now we've yes. got you know new incentives, new federal incentives coming right. up. That's so we right. are going to see um, parity. That's
1: right. Now this isn't something I'm worried about. It's yeah. just an aha. Uh-huh, I see.
0: Just curious how your building held up with our cold snap this past weekend.
1: Incredibly well. You know, when it, it was below zero, I went down early in the morning and went into the spaces that just like had heat pumps in place only for a few months. The gas, you know, I mean, we take the gas unit out. We take the gas furnace off the ceiling, these these space heaters, and, and get rid of them. And toasty warm.
0: Good. Yeah. Well, there has been this misnomer that heat pumps can only perform to a certain temperature. But I think we saw this weekend that
1: yeah, I okay, think those I think that's on. like word on the street that dies hard. I think and you know we've seen it in lighting. We we saw what the issues would be with fluorescent, and they weren't really a problem. And then the, and then people just recently a, a neighbor said, "Steve, aren't LEDs dangerous?" It's like okay, there's lots of things. <laughs> Getting the the truth out there is. Uh, It's an ongoing challenge. So yes, heat pumps work in cold temperatures.
0: Yeah, that's a great Mm. message if we just end right there. Um, Steve, so you referenced the Burlington 2030 District. Mm -hmm. Um, For listeners that don't know, of course, Burlington is a 2030 District. It's a public-private partnership between BED and various stakeholders, including VGS and commercial property owners that want to sign on. It's voluntary. But if you do, you're essentially pledging – to drop your greenhouse gases, and
1: this is this was the first challenge um, for you know when we first started putting things on paper and yeah. creating capturing data, is what's the highest and best action to take when? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what you know does is envelope more important than you know driving to work. I mean, ultimately, if we do bundle the behavior of individual tenants and their choices for transportation with the building. Are we not responsible for that carbon? Wow. A couple of times, um, putting an electric charging station at the soda plant has come up. Yeah, and uh, and it's been sort of bundled in the. Or response has been similar to the response of assigned parking spaces, where if if it's assigned to someone and they're not there, it goes to waste. If it's electric right. and there's no car there, it goes to waste. Right. But there's a different probably mentality around that conversation. That you know, when you see that empty space, it's because someone hasn't bought an electric car yet. Right. You know, it's not a problem for parking. It's a problem for the environment.
0: Thank you so much, Steve. It was really a pleasure having you with us today.
1: It was my pleasure as well. This has been fun. Thank you.
0: Thank you again for listening to Net Zero Energy. If you have any questions about this podcast or what BED offers regarding incentives, rebates, or technological support, look for us at BurlingtonElectric.com or call us at 802-865-7300. You can also follow us on Facebook. We're always here to help and look forward to engaging with you on our mutual path to net zero energy.